Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic Tan. I'm here with my guest, owner of On The Go Fitness Pro, Mr. David Nickham. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? I am I'm doing fantastic, man. Doing what I love, talking to gym owners and uh, fitness pros, trainers, all day, every day. So uh, living the dream. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I can't complain. Life is great. So just doing what I love and, uh, you know, waking up happy and healthy. So can't complain at all. That's it. That's that's awesome, man. So let's hop right into it. Without any further ado, tell us about your business, about On The Go Fitness Pro, what your model is, who you serve, uh, what you're all about. On The Go Fitness Pro is designed to uh, help people with busy lives uh, get a training session without having to commute to the gym. We take the stress out of being at the gym. We take the stress out of commuting to the gym. So we bring the personal trainer in the gym to you. Awesome. So give us a little bit of background as far as you go in the industry and what led to the formation of this business model of your company. Um, I was a trainer at a uh, big box gym. Uh, it's called Lifetime Fitness for many years. And I've always wanted to start an in-home personal training company. And I just wanted to do it myself without any trainers working under me. I just thought it'd be cool to do it like as a self-employed trainer. So I did that in about 2014, um, and I did it working with um, another in-home personal training company. I was a contractor with them, and then I started getting clients via places like ideafitness.com. My, my book grew very rapidly to a point where I could not take on any more clients, and then uh, one of my buddies was like, you need, a, you need to build a business. You need to start and, and build out a company, and... Um, He's like, you need to become more of a business owner, not just self-employed. You can help a lot more people that way. So then I brought on a couple of trainers and I started filling them out. And then I brought on a couple more, started filling them out. And kind of the rest is history. This all started in 2016 when I built On The Go Fitness Pro website. Uh, and that was pretty challenging to find a name in this day and age, but uh, definitely worked out. And uh, now I'm here, got about five trainers working for me. Uh, we're doing virtual training and in-home training right now got it so the first uh when you were in your first phase when you're working for yourself um uh, your growth was it all strictly organic word of mouth getting other clients uh referrals things like that or were you advertising doing any marketing even when you were a, a one-man show um i wasn't doing any advertising everything was organic so idea fit uh, com had this great personal trainer directory, which would be ranked on page one on Google, and they would find you. Um, that's not the case anymore. It's definitely got knocked back in like page three for organic search results. So that's not really a viable option anymore. But at the time, it worked great. I mean, it all, all the you know dominoes just kind of fell in place. And then I would also get uh, referrals from some of my clients that came with me from from lifetime. So they just wanted to keep training with me. Uh, and then it just slowly organically grew. I got one client who was a kid that I was training. Um, basically his mom wanted me to wake him up and kind of get him get him motivated five days a week. 
and that was my bread and butter for, you know, a couple of years. And I started just putting money aside and kind of building up, getting ready to, to gear up to really build a business and just have some money on the side. And then, you know, around 2016, that's when I started really marketing like paid per click advertising, working on uh, my content on my website, SEO and all that stuff. Uh, but before that, I wasn't. It was all organic, like word of mouth and other websites. Leads. So it, it really coincided with launching the website, being in the business of employing other trainers was really about the same time frame when you had to start doing more paid marketing, like you said, SEO, pay-per-click, things like that. Yep. Yeah, that, I read probably like 10 books on the subject of SEO and PPC and just kind of saw, like learned it on my own. And, um, you know, it's really paid off um, over the years. For sure. Now that landscape from say 2016 to now in paid advertising, especially in the do-it-yourself level, small business owner, uh, you know, not, not so much a billion dollars to spend like a Coca-Cola or, or Nike, um, that landscape has changed a lot. So how do you feel like you've adapted and, and how has that changed for you on the marketing side over the years? When you're a small business, things like Google PPC ads are really cool. Facebook ones are okay, but with the Google stuff, they're already ready to purchase personal training. They're like, click, they, where can I find a personal trainer? So they're, they're ready to go. Just, as soon as they find your company, they're good. But the beautiful thing is, is, when you're a really small company, you don't have to do these broad marketing campaigns. You can find zip codes and just target wherever you want to get clients. So if you have a trainer that lives in a certain area, then you can target that area for the in-home personal training and you're not spending a ton of money and you're just getting laser focused. What I like about being a small business is that I can be more like, I guess like a ninja kind of jumping around and being a little bit more tactical than a big business where I just have to like throw tons of money out there and keep my brand um, alive. And, you know, it's just way more expensive for them. So it's a lot more fun that where I can like kind of be very, very targeted. And it works really, really well, especially if you combine it with search engine optimization. Um, and SEO takes a while. A lot of people are impatient. They don't want to do SEO and they just want to jump right in. But SEO takes a long time, a lot of work. And, but if you do it, I mean, it bears fruit later. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you said, you know, the, the laser focused approach as a, as a small local business, whether you're, um, you know, in-home personal training or remote within a certain radius, or even uh, people with brick and mortar businesses, uh, they think that they need that name recognition, like a big company. And it's like, you just need to be popular in whatever area, whatever that two, three, five mile radius is that you're looking to serve. And you don't have to compete against all those giants that have big ad budgets and, you know, wildly uh, can overspend anything that a, that a little guy can. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the big businesses, a lot of times they're all profit driven. And if you build a culture of you're trying to help people, which that's what we're trying to do. And of course we're trying to, to make profit, but our main model is to make people happy working with our business. So we have like a whole, you know, if you don't like us, we'll refund your money within the first 30 days. If you don't, um, use the rest of your package and you're done. We'll refund the rest of your sessions. That's rare in this business. And I'm confident that, you know, the people are going to stick with us and I rarely have to process a refund. And when I do, I have no problem doing it. They're not happy. I don't want them working with us. And if 
That just is what it is. And that's a good way for a small business to set themselves apart from big businesses. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Having some type of ironclad guarantee, something that shows your confidence and your conviction in the business from day one is going to help transfer that to a, a potential client. And then knowing that you set that expectation that, hey, if, if we don't live up to what we say we're going to do for this client, you know, they could refund, you know, they could cancel. You know, I, I think not enough people look at their, their clients as trainers in whatever, whatever way they execute it as day-to-day session to session, right? You're only as good as the way you made somebody feel the last time that you interacted with them. And I think sometimes having that consequence, I won't say hanging over your head, but knowing you have to live up to something that a big box gym that's, you know, just sending people in in droves for 20 or $40 a month, they don't care as much, right? They just, it's just numbers, 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 where you know that getting a client has a cost. It's got time investment. It's got mental investment. Whereas just trying to keep somebody is always going to be the most efficient way to do it. And, and you back it up. You put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Yeah. No questions asked. I've had people, you know, just be like, Hey, I'm not really sure about the training and then talk with them a little bit. I'm like, Hey, I, I've come to the conclusion. I think it's best to just refund your money and then, you know, have you move on. So I even help them be like, here's orange theory fitness or some other company that actually might serve your needs better than us so I even point them in the right direction after we're we're done and they really appreciate that and i also make sure that my trainers are paid even if the person does get a refund keep my trainers happy keep the client happy and if i got to take a little hit you know that just is what it is but it keeps my culture uh it's almost like a family culture rolling along in my business yeah yeah and people if you keep your employees happy they keep their clients happy and then everybody's happy. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and they know that I, I'm sure there's a degree of accountability. And if you had the same trainer that had people canceling on, on somewhat a regular basis, that's a different conversation. But knowing that there's a certain percentage that are just going to happen, that you're not going to be a good fit as, as much as you can do your due diligence. And you just, that it's cool to hear that you don't penalize them. They know, Hey, I can count on this money. I'm making my living. I have my bills. So as long as I hold up my end, um, if somebody's life circumstance changes or they're just fickle because they're a human being and, and we can be that way, they're not gonna they're not gonna miss paying their their rent or their car payment or something. Yeah, exactly. And I just it's it's all about keeping the trainer. Happy. I mean, they're contract workers. They they could get upset and roll off with their clients. And I want them to continue working with me. I want to be able to feed them. And then they, you know, they, they, they're doing me a service by, you know, keeping their clients and under the company umbrella. So it's all about that give and take, you know, they're working their butts off. I'm working my butt off. We work in this in a symbiotic relationship where we don't, you know, cross each other in a negative way. Um, that's kind of my approach to managing uh, my trainers. And I think it works pretty well because um, every trainer has a different get to manage them differently. Um, so it tends to work pretty well. Awesome. I, I want to uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, the, the elephant in the room that's been around us for almost two years now in, in COVID coronavirus. And not so we know that it's affected a lot of people, people in your area, DC, Northern Virginia, Maryland, maybe one of the harder hit areas, but um, it sucks for everybody. But 
in that you found an opportunity to make a business pivot and it's something that you've held on to even now when uh and added on a layer to your business so can you tell us what that looked like a little bit with how you added virtual and how you've integrated into your model uh, where it wasn't as prevalent before well yeah the pandemic hit and uh my trainers were like what are we going to do right so they're like what do we do? What's the protocol? I got a protocol together. This was back when it's like basically wash your hands, maybe wear a mask. And it was just very basic. And I was like, look, I think that we need to implement virtual training. We had no procedure to do this, nothing. So I had it, I, I threw together a little plan and, um, you know, about, it took me about a day. And I was like, we're gonna use Zoom, FaceTime or Skype. And then I, I got all my trainers on a email I was like, I'll take you through it. We'll do some sample sessions if you need it done. And a lot of them were just confused and, and kind of panicked about the whole thing. And, um, but it, it ended up working out pretty well. In about a few weeks, we, we um, got at least about 75% of our clients doing virtual. And then the other clients, some of them dropped off and some of them wanted to continue to do in person. We wouldn't work with people that were older and more high risk. We would work with people that were comfortable, maybe in that age range of, you know, 30 to 45, but on any health conditions. So we had this mix of in-home and virtual training at the time. And now we continue to do it. So um, some of my clients that have moved away, you know, they're planning on moving and not training with me anymore. They're like, hey, you know what? Now we can do virtual permanently. I'm like, no, oh, this is great. It's kind of a positive. Um, so I looked at it that way. Yeah, so you took virtual and implemented it of necessity, now have it as a value add. And then on top of that, it's a retention tool. One last reason that, that people can cancel when life, you know, hits, hits whatever the circumstances that, you know, you can accommodate. So um, retention is something that you found to be one of your strengths. Um, and it's naturally always going to be the, the best way to execute training for retention is going to be personal training. So your model favors it. You have this remote option. What other things do you think you're doing that put you ahead of the game as far as retention? Um, for me personally, I'd have to ask my trainers. They do a really good job of retention as well. But for me personally, we my, my clients and I have a very friendly relationship. Um, I try to make sure to have a little bit of a friendship as well as the you know, professional relationship that works really, really well. Asking them how their kids are doing. And they always ask me how my kids are doing. Kind of do that friendly. I don't just come in business as usual. I make sure to have that little bit of rapport when I go in. Um, you know, personal training business is a little different like massage therapy. You don't really want to get into that rapport stuff too much with that. Um, so we try and I try to encourage uh, trainers to have that relationship, uh, like a slight friendship um, on top of the, the personal training, um, you know, always asking them how your workouts are going, how you feel after your workouts and, uh, asking them about their nutrition and always make sure to let them know that you're not perfect as a trainer. Be like, sometimes I mess up sometimes I miss a workout or I'll eat like cookies when I shouldn't. And they know that, you know, that, that, that you're a human being too, and you're not judging them. I think that's really important. And, and a lot of clients like that always show up on time is number one though. I mean, you gotta be consistent. If you, if you don't be showing up 10 minutes late, you know, a lot of trainers do that and then they, it just pisses off the, 
the client and then, you know, they'll, they'll fall out if you keep that up and don't miss a lot of appointments. Uh, you know, so our trainers are really good at being on time and, and not missing appointments. So consistency is probably number one, but I think that being friendly with the, the client is probably close second. Gotcha. So if I can summarize that, um, you stress a high level of professionalism, but strongly recommend adding in an element of humanity, not necessarily to be somebody's best friend, but these people are in many cases inviting you and your trainers into their homes. So keeping it to at least a, a, a level of, of cordial friendship or acquaintanceship layered on top of that, but professionality first, and then sure. make sure that you're not just coming in like a drill instructor. Like you do have some connection with them. Yeah. So you, you got to also, one of the major things for me is being able to recognize if they are having a bad day and you can just tell they're dragging. So giving them a good workout, but not killing them on that day is massively important. So you give them that personalization. You might come in with a workout queued up. It's going to kick their butt, but you can just tell they're just like dragging and, you know, so I'll design a workout that's on the fly. Be like, all right, we're going to turn it back a little bit today. We're going to hammer it next time I see you. And they, they love that. They love that personalization, which is way different than going to a boot camp or, um, you know, one of these group fitness classes. So that's something that does keep them on board and keep them from going to a group class. Cause like this personal trainer understands my needs, um, when I'm not feeling well, and also I'll crank it up if they're feeling really good that day. So having that in my back pocket to be able to kind of pivot and change the workout a little bit based on how they're feeling, I think is a really good value to keeping them around. Fantastic. So um, one of the other things that we that we talked about was um, you touched on a little bit with um, you mentioned nutrition, and that's something that um, a lot of different uh, trainers, business owners, gyms struggle with integrating, um, how do you offer it in your business and how do you, how do you fulfill it? So we try to keep the nutritional coaching within our scope of practice. So a big problem we have with personal trainers in the industry is they jump out of their scope of practice constantly. They try to be a massage therapist when they're not, or they try to be a nutritionist when they're not. You should just be giving basic advice, stuff like you should be using something like my fitness pal, eating high on your calories, eating high quality foods. Those are the, the kind of staples that you should be preaching. But, you know, there's, we, we try to stay away from getting out of that scope of practice. We're writing meal plans because you're not supposed to do that if you're just a personal trainer. Um, we explain that to clients and we just kind of hold them accountable. Are you eating your fruits and vegetables? Are you trying to keep your calories in check using a, a calorie tracker like my fitness pal? they're still not losing weight, be like, hey, have you tried weighing your foods to make sure you're accurately tracking your calories? Um, those type, that's the kind of things that we do, just the kind of general staples that most people know how to do it, but they just need that accountability to get them to do it. Yeah, accountability is one of the things that I heard earlier when we were talking before we went on the podcast is, is something that you feel very strongly about and something that you really try to make sure that everybody at, at every level of your business is participating in some level of accountability, right? That's one of the, the things that you have the power to leverage in a personal training relationship 
And uh, if you miss out on it, then you're, you're missing out on giving your clients their best results. Yeah, absolutely. I think accountability is the number one reason why people hire personal trainers. They know that they're not going to work out unless there's somebody there personally to get them to work out. So that is the, again, it's the number one reason why we get hired. And then the expertise, I think, comes in second. Um, so it's kind of like having like a fitness buddy as well. So when you have your, like a gym partner, a lot of people know they'll, they'll work a little harder when they have a friend uh, and they're doing like bench press or squat than if they go in and do it on their own. So the personal trainer is that. And, and we're always there because I mean, you're, you're paying us to come. So we're not going to skip out on you. We're, we're never going to miss a session. Um, at least we're, you know, for sick, we will, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's our thing. And, and we tell that to clients, we're here to keep you accountable. We're here to make sure that you are consistently working out over the years. We explain to them too. There's another thing that goes back to the retention thing is that uh, we explain it takes time to get in shape. A lot of people are like, how are you in such good shape? I'm like, well, this is years of work. This is not three months of work. Uh, you know, I'm not able to run like a three hour marathon because I've only been running for three months. Uh, and they, they kind of, they understand that. They're like, it's really, when you're honest with people, they, they, they gravitate towards that. They'll stick with you longer. Absolutely. All right. As we near down the end of our time here, I want to switch from being uh, tactical to a little bit more strategic here. 2021 is about done. And uh, 2022 is still, there's still some uncertainty in the air as far as COVID and lockdowns and restrictions and things like that. So we all have to face that. But but besides that, um, what are your big uh, mountains to climb or dragons to slay? Whatever, whatever metaphor you want to use for 2022, what are the the short and long-term goals for you and for uh, on the go fitness pro. I think hiring is going to be tough um, in 2022 with everything going on with COVID. Uh, you got people all over the place with vaccinations. Some people don't want to do it. Some people are okay with it. I can tell you in Northern Virginia, all the clients want to make sure people are vaccinated. So that's, that's going to be a hurdle. Try to, you know, work with that. And um, clients around here, they all want it. They all want to make sure that we are vaccinated. That is the number one question I get. So that's going to be a tough thing to, to deal with in the hiring process, I think. And um, I think we'll do a really good job of ramping up in 2022. I think people are still uncomfortable with going back to the gym. So just finding the right people and then starting to come up with processes where I can handle more trainers on my staff because I want to get up to about 10 or 12 trainers by the end of 2022. That's going to be a huge hurdle. Got it. Got it. So you're, you're not alone when it comes to, uh, to staffing, hiring, you know, especially in, in such a high touch area of the field where you are, it's, um, you know, the labor shortage is affecting everybody and, yeah. You know, there, there are so many other things. I feel like being a personal trainer isn't, isn't pushed and isn't revered as much as it was for a while. It's taken a dip. I don't know if that's from the boot camp model or the group model, but I think there is a swing back to it. And especially if there's a, you know, I always like to call it the, the silver linings in the COVID cloud is that there, more people have been shown value of private training, semi-private training. And, and now that there's some professionalism around it. Trainers are actually getting paid a live, livable wage. 
if they can manage their time properly and, and um, execute a good service and keep people. So hopefully that'll swing in the right direction and it will favor you and other businesses like yours uh, across the country. Yeah, I think it, I think it will. I think we'll probably see like a little bit of a fitness boom. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, are tired of being in, you know, out of shape because of COVID. They're going to, they're, they're, they're going to want to get back to, to working out a little bit more and, um, you know, they're getting more comfortable than inviting people in their homes. And I think that, uh, it's going to be a big push once this is done. And I think people are still reluctant to go back to big box gyms. That'll be, that'll be a thing for a couple of years, unfortunately for the gyms, but it might be good for us. Yeah. Well, there's enough pie out there for everybody. So we just want to make sure that there are enough, uh, enough trainers out there, enough businesses that are there to help whoever, whoever wants it. So, um, yep. Two, two questions before we let you go. One, I always like to just uh, pretend that we have a time machine. You've been in the business a long time. Um, if you could go back and pick a lesson, pick something that you've learned, um, anything along the way that you think uh, you would have liked to told your younger self, uh, any type of lesson, any type of advice, what do you think the biggest thing would be? Um, about my business? <laughs> About, about training, about running the business, about being a trainer, anything that in your professional experience? I would probably say, don't be so afraid of like losing clients. Don't be so afraid of the dips. Everything will work out. That would be my biggest advice I could give my younger self because I would be very anxious about when I would see my business go down. Then it always goes back up and usually grows bigger on the next round. So... Uh, my wife would give me that advice uh, when I was starting out and I didn't listen to her all the time. She's like, why are you so nervous? You know, cause most entrepreneurs understand that whole, when it's going up and down, up and down, it's very nerve wracking, but I didn't need to be so panicked about that. I could have been a lot more chill. Absolutely. And I love hearing that. And it's, uh, I always say that for the, the tons of interviews, for the tons of trainers and owners that I've talked to, it always seems like it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, if you have the passion and you have the, the work ethic and the skill set, um, things will work out. You just have to make sure that you know that you have those three things and, and that you're, you're certain about them. And if you're not certain about any aspect of those, shore up your game. And then things, you know, this, there will always be people that need motivation. There will always be people, I don't care about technology, fads, things like that. There's always going to be somebody who needs that accountability and needs somebody to help them because uh, nobody nobody really wants to be out of shape and unhealthy. It's just a matter of needing needing pros um, to to help them along with it. So I appreciate that point of view. I would add, people, I would add for people that are um, starting a business. A gym, I'm sure there's people that want to start gyms or business like mm -hmm. mine. They're just getting started. Learn about marketing. Get a bunch of books on it. Learn about it. That way, people that have marketing companies don't rip you off. And that way, you know what you're doing. You know the lingo. You know how it works. Because marketing is how you get clients. They're not going to just drop in your lap. You need to figure that out. You need to figure it out quick or you're going to sink very fast. Anyway. Absolutely. It's not if you build it, they will come. It's if you build it and market it, they will come. <laughs> right. So, all right, man. Last thing before I let you go. Uh, if anybody's out here uh, listening, two things. I like to always make sure we get permission. If there's another fitness pro out there that wants to reach out to you, pick your brain, talk to you about the ins and outs, are you open to those conversations? Yeah, absolutely. If somebody wants to reach out, talk business, I'd love to. 
Awesome, man. And whether it's somebody who wants to talk business or somebody who wants to be a client, somebody that, who knows, maybe a trainer listening that's in that area of yours, they want to reach out. Where can people find you? Uh, on the go fitness pro.com, or you can just uh, email me at my personal email on the go fitness pro at gmail.com. Perfect, man. That's all we got for you today. I appreciate you being on with us. Thank you for taking a little time out of your day to chat. No problem. It was wonderful. It was great, man. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, smash the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you'd like to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Carson. And today we're here with Eric Grantham. Eric, how's it going, man? Good, Ryan. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Even if you are from Alabama, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So kind of let us know like exactly like what is the name of your facility and where you guys located at? So uh, the name of our facility is called Game Changer Performance. We're located in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, we are a currently 6,000 square foot facility that uh, basically works a lot more in performance uh, from ages of middle school, high school, college, even to adults uh, for your training for your weekend warrior type people. Okay. Awesome, man. So um, when, uh, how long have you guys been in business? So we've been in business for five years now. So we uh, started in uh, August of 2016. Uh, and then uh, we were in a one location for two years. And then we moved over to our current location um, to where we're at now, uh, just to get a little bit more centrally located. And we were, you know, kind of, we're doing well business-wise. And it was a great opportunity, great location, great place for us to kind of move and um, transfer everything over to where we're currently located at now. Okay. Got it. Got it. So 6,000 square feet. So kind of, uh, I know we, you can't really give me a good visual, but it's kind of like break down kind of like what the layout looks like in your facility. So we have a basic two parts to our facility. So one half of, the, of our facility is a field turf to where it's 25 yards in length of field turf to where we do a lot of our speed, agility and movements, uh, working on different components from our speed, uh, okay. from linear to lateral. Uh, and then the other part of, is our, our, designated weight area to where we have our racks uh kettlebells medicine balls bands dumbbells uh, a lot of more free weights than machines uh, yeah. so we do a lot more things from that standpoint of training than using machines to do our, our training with our individuals okay cool man yeah so so half half of its turf um so do you like what all do you guys do on the turf like i'm sure you do like sleds and stuff like that but mm -hmm. it's also probably used just like as a general yeah stretching area too i, I would assume mm -hmm. 
Right. So we do we do our active dynamic warm up on there as well. And then we okay. do uh, all of our mobility stability. We even do some of our lifting on the field turf as well, uh, depending okay. on which day it is would determine um, if which part we're using on. We have enough room, enough space to where we can kind of make usage of somebody using doing footwork drills or speed drills on one side. And then we can also even use a little bit of the field turf for that standpoint to be able to even lift on as well. So we have enough space for people to to be able to move around and be able to not run into each other if, if they're doing both lifting and the running. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. That, that's the thing about turf. I love it. Um, I've got turf in my facility. It's uh, like, how wide does your turf go? I know it's 25 long, but how wide is it? Uh, it's about, uh, what was it? We measured uh, it's about eight feet long. Okay. Okay. Got uh, it. Got it. Yeah. So that's one thing I love about it is, I mean, you can get so much stuff done on it. You know, yes, it's, um, it's, 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 a, it. it's a true game changer, we'll call it, you know, so yeah. you just be able to do everything that you possibly need to do on it. You can you can get a lot of different things, components done on it, yeah. um, especially from a from an agility standpoint for what we try to focus on from teaching our individuals how to run, teach them how to decelerate, jump, land. We can do all of our different movements and it's easy on the joints as well. Yeah, absolutely. So looking um, like at your so the square footage, 6000 square feet um mm -hmm. now like how many staff do you have there like other than yourself so it's myself um we have a, uh we have one intern that's with us right now and but it's pretty much myself that does all the training for our, for our individuals right now we are currently looking to to uh um upgrade to hiring another coach but for right okay. now it's just me and, and then an intern so i pretty much design and implement all the training programs for all of our individuals okay man awesome so uh, like uh, typically are, are people doing these like your, your clients, are they doing this in a class or are you doing one-on-one -on -one type stuff or is it like a combo? Right. So if, for the most part, most of our, uh, most of our sessions are in group setting. So mm -hmm. we have anywhere from, you know, eight to 12 to maybe 15 tops. We don't, we usually kind of damper it down to no more than 15 people. That's our max. Uh, but for the most part, we have anywhere from eight to 10 individuals training within our group setting and we have it broken down into our middle school kids coming at one time our high school kids coming at a certain time all of our adults coming at, at a different time so that way we can kind of keep it a little bit more organized from that standpoint okay okay yeah that makes sense now with your adults are they um so you said it's like for like the the weekend type stuff like weekend mm -hmm. warriors so is any of this like general weight loss and fitness or are they just pretty much looking to get to the next level so to speak you know, uh, it, it varies. You know, we have some people it just depends on the individual and what they're trying to, you know, accomplish with their goals. We have some individuals who are, are your moms who just wanted to, you know, stay fit, stay active. Mm -hmm. um, and so we adapt the program to them. So we have a general uh, uh, program set in place. And depending on the individual's needs is where we kind of kind of go through and kind of make adjustments for those individuals for what they're trying to get accomplished. So yeah. it's a lot, you know, I'm kind of I'm always on one of our sessions, it's me moving around back and forth, kind of making sure working with each individual and making sure we're adapting to the to the workout for what they need to get done and make sure that they're doing everything correctly and what and the way they need to be doing to make sure that they're staying safe. Okay. Yeah, man, that makes makes a lot of sense. So looking at like where you're at right now, mm -hmm. um, if you could pick one area to grow, what would it be? Would it be like the their performance, like youth stuff, or would you are you wanting to get like more of the adult population? Like what would, what would work out best for you and your business right now? You know, where we're at right now, I would say 95% of our people are your middle school, high school kids. 
Okay. Um, that's where a lot of our, our a lot of our clientele is. So we're actually trying to grow the adult population up a little bit more around here, um, okay. and trying to educate them on what on our type of training. So yeah. with my background of training uh, uh, from the college to pros and training pretty much everybody that that's been around, uh, we're trying to bring in a different type of training to where they're not just used to doing just one stationary um, uh, workout and give them an understanding how to use their bodies. Yeah. And uh, we treat everybody as an athlete. And what I mean by that is that everyday movement, everyday life, we're constantly doing an athletic movement where it's walking upstairs, walking downstairs, getting down, trying to play with their kids, getting mm -hmm. up and down. So everyday movement is an athletic movement. You just have to look at it to a certain way of that. So in order to do that, we try to educate, teach our athletes, um, that's everybody, um, of the importance of certain different areas of understanding how to control their bodies and being able to stay active and stay moving and staying strong, uh, no matter their age, um, or where they're built or where they're at right now. So, you yeah. know, those are different things that we try to do and try to really build a good culture with that and to be able to establish certain areas to where we can help them. Yeah, man, absolutely. And that's a good point too, because I mean, the big thing about it, and I think where people get lost along the way is it's about so much more than just looking good. You know what I mean? That's right. Like, I mean, yeah, it sometimes, yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah, it's cool if that's your goal, but at the same time, like you want to be able to move, like it doesn't matter if, if you look great, but you can't, you know, play with your kids or if you can't, you know, do this or do that, you know I mean? It, it makes, it does no justice for you. Right. So, you know, that's like, we get a lot of the, the adults that we do have in here, we get a lot of scenarios to where they're having a lot of like impingements in their shoulders, mm -hmm. having some knee issues. So what I do is go in there, try to help uh, work on those certain areas um, and being able to help them, uh, get rid of the, a lot of those different pain issues that they have going on. Um, yeah. You know, incorporate a lot more type prehab work within them, kind of what we do with our athletes um, and not just worrying about getting them stronger, but also trying to help prevent uh, as many injuries as we possibly can help from a soft tissue standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so like, how long have you been doing this? Like not, not like the gym, but how long have you been in this industry? Uh, so uh, I've been a strength conditioning coach or doing performance training, I guess you would say for 15 years now. So oh, cool. um, I graduated from Alabama uh, with my degree in sports fitness management in 05. I uh, was an assistant, uh, in, uh, assistant strength conditioning coach at the University of Alabama for five years. Uh, worked with the quarterbacks, running backs, uh, women's tennis, women's volleyball, um, all the way to 2010. Uh, I got to be a part of the 2000 first national championship for Alabama, which was in 2009. Uh -huh. I got to be a part of that team. Um, and then in 2010, I went down to uh, IMG Academy, uh, helped run their uh, football program down there. Got that kind of started up to where it is today. Um, and then uh, worked with the NFL Combine program. Uh, just kind of got a whole over understanding. You know, people aren't familiar with IMG. It's a great facility. It's a almost like a, it's pretty much like a boarding school for athletes. That's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, it's an unbelievable facility. And uh, basically got down there, you know, got to understand how to train, fell, fell in love with training, you know, and developing athletes at a, you know, middle school, high school age. Um, and just kind of, you know, really had a passion for that. So I did that for five years. Uh, went to New York, uh, worked in New York in the Manhattan Tribeca area, got to work with different actors, actresses while I was up there. Uh, we moved back to uh, Tuscaloosa for uh, family health issues um, and, um, uh, and decided not to go back into college or anything like that. Just 
you know, got tired of moving my family around, decided yeah. to set, plant roots and kind of bring back everything I've learned over the past, you know, 10 years at that point of what I've kind of established from learning from when I was at Alabama to yeah. um, IMG and try to bring it back to Tuscaloosa and try to help, you know, with our younger athletes and kind of help teach them and get them involving, you know, teach them about the overall concept of training. Uh, as well as, you know, different areas from a recruiting standpoint, all, all different things from there. Yeah, man. So that, that's awesome. So you've got, so you're just taking everything now that you've learned over the years from school. I mean, you got a lot of on the job experience too. Right. So I, I assume like your philosophy now has changed and you're probably just oh, like, yeah. put, putting a bunch of stuff together, you know, just, yeah. it always, it's always changing. I mean, that, that's it's, what I love. It's about a revolving, it. it's a revolving do- opening door, man. So, you know, the biggest thing that I learned from one of my mentors, uh, Terry Jones was that, you know, he was 30 years into the profession. This is the guy that's been established. He's trained some of the best people and he was constantly still trying to learn. Yeah. And so that was one of the main things is that, you know, you, you got to continue to try to evolve and things that I did, you know, 15 years ago, I would look back at it now. I'm like, Holy Mac, what was I doing? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's, it's constantly one of those things trying to educate yourself uh, and trying to be humbled and hungry uh, as you continue to get older um, to make sure that you're staying on top of everything that's out there today. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and I think that's one of the, the big downfalls of, you know, some trainers, business owners is, you know, it's, they're set in their ways. It's their way or the highway. Right. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll never change, never evolve, never take any advice or, you know, try to do continued education. And, you know, and a lot of times those, those are kids, you know, and the adults that seem to be getting hurt, you know, I mean, the injuries are, are just crazy these days. It seems like, and I don't know if that's just, I mean, what's your take on it? So is it overexposure as in like playing too much or is it just training methods or what? I think it's a, honestly, I think it's a combination of both. I think, you know, you take, you take your average person, let's just use a, an adult, for instance, mm-hmm. you take an average person and you, you, you look at the whole overall aspect of it. Okay. So you take into account, okay, how many hours of sleep did they get the night before? How are they hydrated? from the night before the day before. Okay. You take what kind of stress is on the body. All right. And then you go in there and you go into doing a high impact uh, performance training and you're already behind the eight ball with three main factors before even doing the training. And yeah. I think uh, if you do that over your, your body's going to be like a leaky faucet. It's going to continue to drip. And the next thing you know, it's going to let you, it's going to give you a warning sign. You either hear that warning sign or you don't. If you don't, then some bad things are going to happen. And that's where those little nagging issues start happening, uh, in my personal opinion, of what I think that's kind of occurring to a lot of different adults, you know, because they have the mindset of, I got to go in here, I got to kill myself. I got to kill, kill, kill myself. And that's not the thing that I'm tr- we're trying to do here. Just because you didn't throw up does not mean you didn't have a good workout. Thank and you. so that's the first thing that I always t- tell people. It's like, listen you're going to get a good sweat in. You're going to get a good pump in. We're going to have days that are like that. You got to have days that are like that, but not every single day has to be like that. The body can go up, 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 up. You're going to have to listen to it at times. And some days you're feeling good. Hey, let's get after it a little bit harder this day. Hey, you know what? I've had a lot more stress, had a long day at work. My kids, I didn't sleep well last night. Okay. Well, let's, let's still take you through, but let's modify it up a little bit. You know, let's maybe incorporate a little bit more mobility within the program. All right. So that way you're still leaving here feeling good. All right. And you're, you got your little sweat in. 
and you're feeling good. You know, you want to be feeling good when you leave here. You don't always want to just be thinking I had to throw up just to get a good workout. Not every yeah. day needs to be like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I love that you said that because that, that's been one of my philosophies because, uh, you know, I, I've had clients in here that have actually left some of our uh, programs and, you know, they're like, well, you know, I just so-and-so, you know, kick my ass or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know what? Like I could get my 10 year old daughter to write a program that's going to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, yeah, half an hour, yeah, 15 minutes of burpees and 15 minutes of lunges and you're done. Like, right. I mean, come on, yeah. like anybody can do that. And yeah, I mean, it's such a good point. Like it doesn't have to kill you to be effective. I mean, that's I right. just wish people would get that out of their head. I mean, that's, it's a trigger for me too. <laughs> I can tell it. Is yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 one of the, it's just one of those things that 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 we could spend an hour on that one topic right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So absolutely, man. Well, we are getting towards um, towards the end of our podcast. Okay. So uh, one thing I always like to ask people. Well, actually, we'll we'll do two things. Um, so first one, number one, like if you could go back in time, give yourself advice for when you first opened your facility. What would that advice be? Oh wow. Um, you know, um, be patient, be patient. That's the number one thing. Things don't just happen over, over a night. Uh, you have to, you have to be aggressive and proactive on your own. Uh, you can't sit back and wait. Um, that's the biggest thing I would say is be, you know, use the P pro, be patient and be proactive. Um, yeah. I think if you, if you, if you do that, um, I think good things will happen to you and you'll continue to grow a business, but it doesn't work. It doesn't happen overnight. And yeah. that's really hard to, 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 to soak in, you know? So it is, it is. And um, the second question, so like growth, like let's say in a year from now, like where would you want to be in terms of um, active number of clients for um, your, your athletes and then for your adults, just off the top of your head. So off top of my head, I was right now we're at around 60 uh, athletes uh, training with us. Okay. Um, our, we, we take a little bit of a dip in, by the end of the summer. Yeah. Uh, so our goal is to get to 100 and being able to um, have that taken care of and um, being able to get that uh, going. Um, sorry. No, you're all right, man. Uh, and um, so that that's one of our, our main focus. And what we're trying to grow in now is our physical therapy component. So we're just okay. now about to launch uh, physical therapy that we're partnered with a, another location where we're going to be offering screenings and being able to have an overall uh, back to play type program yeah. uh, to where it's more for athletes as well as for adults. Uh, to where, you know, once you get to your physical therapy, they, they can drop, drop, go straight into our strength conditioning um, and being able to have that bridge of PT and strength, strength coach mixed in together um, to have one program and kind of help them facilitate all that. Awesome, man. And as far as the adults, like, where do you want to be there? Uh, our goal, our goal with our adults overall, you know, we want to grow it to a, around 30 to 40 individuals, okay. you know, training with us. Yeah. So we're, you know, like I said, we're trying to get the bridge, you know, uh, to where it's around, you know, 70, 30%, you know, 70%, okay. you know, yeah. our, 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 our young athletes and everything. And then have another 30, 35% of our, other of our other people training to where it's more of our adults, maybe even more. It just depends on, you know, 
uh, if we, if if a lot of adults try to start really buying into it and start you know feeding feeding off of it, then we're going to offer that a little bit more to to them as well and be able to you know get into a little bit more training for them as well. So, you awesome. know, with with being in the same town as a college, it kind of helps out to be able to get a little bit more variety of training. Yeah, man, it does. Awesome, love it, man. Love your goals. So where can I, where can we find you on Facebook and uh, Instagram? So on Instagram, you can find us at Game Changer underscore AL. And then uh, Facebook is the same thing. It's just Game Changer AL. So Game Changer uh, underscore AL uh, is for Instagram. And then our Facebook is uh, Game Changer AL. All right, man. Well, Eric, that does it for the podcast today. And for our listeners out there, if you like this podcast or found value from it and you want to hear more, just hit the like and subscribe button. And for our uh, gym owners out there, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click the link in the description, uh, fill out the form and apply. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer, and welcome back to Gym Lawyers Podcast, where we interview real gym owners who are maybe they're in the trenches. Maybe they're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, we have Kevin and Laura from Pembroke, Ontario. They are the owners of VA CrossFit. Laura and Kevin, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and then give us that 30-second elevator pitch about your business and where your business is today. <laughs> hey, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm uh, Kevin McKinnon. And we own VA CrossFit in Pembroke, Ontario, Canada. Uh, we're kind of like a hybrid gym. We do half of it's hockey training, half of it's CrossFit training. So if you are coming to our gym, you know what you're getting. You're either training for hockey or you're training for CrossFit, or sometimes you can mix and match. Uh, that is literally what we do. We just, no questions asked, CrossFit, hockey, that's it. Oh, yeah. So so you've created kind of this niche at your guys' facility, right? Uh, targeting a specific person to walk into the gym. And uh, I got to say, I'm a big fan because I'm a big hockey fan myself, play pickup all the time. And so <laughs> I love I love what you guys are doing. Now, Talk to me a little bit about how you provide your services just beyond group classes, because we all know that's affiliated with group with CrossFit. But what else are you guys doing to service your clients? Um, I'll take that one. Um, so we offer a, lot, a variety of different services. Um, we, tr- we do personal training. We do do the group, uh, group CrossFit training. Uh, we do youth players or uh, youth 
uh, athletes as well. So there's lots of different avenues in which we provide our services. Uh, even during COVID, we provided our services online. Um, now that restrictions have lightened off a little bit, we've strayed away from that. Um, but yeah, we've, we've always provided a variety of services. So you guys are hoping to come back to the facility and kind of let the dust settle regarding the online service. You guys don't necessarily want to get into that function of, of providing no. for your clients. We're definitely uh, the more in-person. We don't do a whole lot online, except for some people who are still maybe a little worried to come to the gym. A little bit of nutrition, coaching, um, but yeah, most of 99% of our business is definitely in the gym for sure. Gotcha. Okay, sweet. So <clears throat> diving right in, I just want to learn a little bit more about where you guys currently are and you know what the focus is moving forward. Because obviously in your guys' location, there are some hurdles currently, whether that looks in the form of limitation and regulation and you know, new vaccine protocols. So just talk to me a little bit about what you guys are doing regarding uh, some immediate goals for your business. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we're always trying to expand and we've had a very good response from our community in the past. Um, we are three, three and a half years into our business. We started June, uh, 2018. Um, that's when we first opened our doors and our gym looked a little bit different than the way it does now with, uh, with our restrictions. Uh, we've faced three lockdowns to the point where we weren't allowed to have anyone inside of our facility where we had to transition most of our training online. Um, so we, that comes with uh, a variety of problems, but uh, now we're heading in a direction where we're hoping to expand to more, to more square footage and just to offer our services to more people. Um, but we, we've obviously had that a little bit hindered uh, in the past two years. Since March 2020, we've had some difficulties with, uh, with thinking about expanding as opposed to uh, kind of just figuring out how to survive there for, for a little while in the earlier stages of COVID. But now it's looking a little bit brighter with, uh, with the vaccination passports. Gotcha. Okay. So beforehand, there was this niche aspect to what you guys did. It's either CrossFit or hockey training. Everyone else, not necessarily your cup of tea when coming in here. But now the situations that have presented themselves for you guys from a business perspective, you are believing that maybe we need to transition into a more wide range of services to a more of a general audience that could attract them to come in, right? So, so we need to bring more people in to continue to expand the business into maybe new space, new trainers and coaches, right? So if that's something that you guys are hoping to do, I'm sorry, Laura, did you want to say something based on what I just said? Yeah, like we don't are, we want to expand more for more square footage just because like CrossFit is like way bigger in the States. It's not as big yet in Canada, but you're really starting to see it take off. Um, so that's more of like why we need this bigger square footage and why we want to expand. Like that's like our main goal now more so that we can offer more with CrossFit and then as well, like, like a turf or something for our hockey players. So like sometimes we, so we, our last year I trained a soccer team, like so we can train athletes, like, so not as much as getting out of that, but just more room so that we can expand what we do Got it. with CrossFit and hockey. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. So not necessarily looking into general pop sort of speak, but just looking to expand for what you guys do really well. Right. Yeah kind of start to scale that area. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So 
do you think that if you are not able to scale your business based on the circumstances that you currently face, that that will prevent you guys from reaching your future goals, whether that looks like expanding clientele or expanding space? Yeah, like the only thing holding us back now is like ultimately the Ontario government uh, with these like lockdowns after lockdowns after lockdowns. That's the only thing that's been holding us back. Like, like Kevin said, we did a lot of online training and we still had so much community support in those lockdowns. Like people were still paying memberships just so that they knew they'd have a gym to come back to. Um, so that's the only thing hindering us right now is like, if we go into another lockdown and then another lockdown, another lockdown, we can never plan ahead because we have no idea, are we going to get shut down tomorrow? Sure. So that's like the hardest thing right now. Yeah. It's very fucking difficult to <laughs> yeah. make decisions as a business person when you have no idea what's going to happen in the, in the near future. Right. So exactly. Like, like as a business person, we're always looking to create predictable yeah you know, predictable numbers for the business whether that looks like what coaches we're looking to hire in the future how many exactly. we have in the future what space we're going to have in the future so then today we can make decisions accordingly yeah mm -hmm. but the but the limitations that you guys currently have are almost handcuffing you because every time you go into a decision making or critical thinking uh meeting together to where maybe there's a result or decision you guys yeah. always meet that that three-legged monster which is well where are we gonna be yeah and like I always said every time we because we've been like crazy back and forth with lockdowns more so I think than like a few other provinces and like more than the states and like every time we get into a lockdown we have to restart our business every time and if you're not a business owner people don't understand that so they just think oh you can open your doors but no we're starting from like zero again every lockdown so that's where we're like, okay, we want to expand by next summer, depending on the COVID situation, right? So that's where that's where we're at right now. That's the only thing hindering us right now. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting that you say we have to start again from zero. Mm -hmm. And and you've also said that look, what what would prevent us from reaching our future goals in the business are the limitations and regulations that are completely outside of our control. Yeah. Right? So I'm curious then, because you have experienced this now for probably a year, right? To where there's maybe this off again, on yeah. again, power button that's being hit by the government. Yeah. So through your experience, are there things that you could be doing to prepare yourselves for that revamp or that relaunch to where maybe you're not starting from zero, but you're starting? Yeah, so that's where like CrossFit came in for us this year. So like, I've always had a large interest in CrossFit uh, up in like, and I compete um, and we were never a CrossFit affiliate. So in December of last year, I was like, no, we've got to do this because once we get those people in, we can, like Kevin said, we did online and it's so simple to just like transfer them online or before we were just running like boot camps and people were just kind of coming in and out. So that's where CrossFit really came in handy for us is because we have like a really strong base now we've only been in person for CrossFit, mind you, for like three, four, not even four months yet. And we've already built such a good base that it's, it would be no problem for us to go back online. But again, it's just like people have equipment at home and then it's like, okay, they don't need me for at home. So it's a matter of, I think that's been the most helpful for us. And then like with Kevin, with hockey, the kids are always needing to do something when they're in lockdown. So that's what's helped us is starting CrossFit this year was like a big 
plus for us to be able to just transition on and offline pretty easy. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And so the clients that you build from that, they will go online, but then they'll come back to you guys when you're ready to get back into the gym. Yeah. Like we do this, we just all hook up on zoom and just, I found it helped people mentally um, be able to see each other and kind of work out together. It was just kind of like the, everyone's time away. So that's what I found is helpful with CrossFit because before we never really did anything. We were just like classes, boot camps, and it wasn't like consistent. But so you're not necessarily starting from zero then when you get revamped because people. Yeah. So last year we were, last year we were in and out of lockdowns. This year hasn't been, we've only been in one, I guess. So this was the best lockdown too. The last lockdown was like, I don't know, a successful lockdown, not successful. We but learned from the first We learned two from the first out. two. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was wondering, right, with the question that I asked you then. So uh, if we can kind of dive deeper then for our listeners, what do you think helped you along the way that you guys learned like, oh, this was beneficial for us when we went online and then we wanted to come back into the gym, we can kind of pick up where we left off because we did this, right? What was that one thing? Well, from the business perspective, one of the things that really helped us was implementing. Uh, so we did this at the same time that we became a CrossFit affiliate. We implemented a gym software. So the software was, it's called Push Press, and that made it much easier to have active subscriptions coming in. So we had our income coming in, but it also made it easy for us to pause them. And then, then all the, your, your client onboarding process is already done when the lockdown is over. So that, from a business perspective, that made it very, very um, seamless transition back into uh, where the way we were doing it before is we were just kind of taking payments e-transfers and stuff well, like, e-transfers yeah. and then we had we had online links and stuff but they yeah. actually had to go on and purchase like them every this way it's like they just take a subscription off their credit card so even if it does cost you a little bit per month those online softwares are one way to uh help with with uh, the uncertainty of lockdowns is where your client onboarding process is a lot easier so that way you're not starting from necessarily zero um exactly. again the customer relationship management software, the CRM yes. yeah. you guys use, makes it more efficient, not only for the business, but also for your clients, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. That's also something to sustain your business, right? Kind of keep it where it is. So maybe the retention hit or the attrition hit doesn't occur for your business and you guys can kind of pick up where you left off. However, in that doesn't necessarily motivate expansion. So what, what for you guys will motivate expansion for your business, even with some of these limitations that occur arbitrarily? Um, so, so some of the, maybe some of the services that I, I didn't mention before, is like, we also, one of, one of the unique parts of our business is the hockey part of it, right? So we train a lot of youth hockey players and we did that off the ice originally. So, and this could work for a variety of sports and we'll say maybe baseball, football, team sports. Um, what happened is we started a skill development, well, not a skill development company, but we started a skill development program uh, that's associated with our company too. And with all the clients that we had, that allowed for us to make a lot more revenue by offering skill development services, uh, services to the same people we train in the gym. So now they have an off ice and on ice uh, program that actually connects to each other 
and it made it a really seamless process to get those clients with our skill development uh, program as well. So that added a lot of new revenue and that could be applied to, like I said, many, many other sports. So I think um, one of our expansion opportunities was an entirely different service outside the gym, just based on the clients that we were receiving. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you, Kevin. So, so revenue generation, just to kind of get a clear picture, like generating revenue, even with limitations and regulation can benefit the business to not have to backtrack, but also influence expansion, right? Because then you can take that capital and reinvest it. So what's important to you guys regarding generating more revenue? What are some things that you, that you have to do? Um, well, in, in that instance, it was more about creating a new service entirely and generating more revenue. Um, just from the expansion point of view, just getting more square footage seems to be our main issue. If we can increase our class sizes and maybe take on assisting coaches who are paid slightly less than the main coaches, that allows for uh, more people in the gym at a time, more people in the gym at a time equals more uh, revenue and it also increases your profit margin because you're not paying um, an assistant coach as much as you would pay well the owners because in our case <laughs> we're our own coaches um, but uh, but that's that's one opportunity um, that we can kind of expand without adding an entirely new service and and really just the only thing hindering us individually is, is square footage got it okay yeah so cutting expenses will help build more profitability for the business generating more revenue so you can take that capital and expand, right? Which it sounds like is your number one priority right now, that expansion, creating more space, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so would you feel like this is, if you don't get this, right? If you don't figure out ways to either implement new services, you know, cut costs, build more profitability within your business, do you feel like this could be a barrier for you guys to expand, which is your number one priority? Laura, do you want to take that one? No, no. You take it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if we, like, just, if we don't expand, like, I always kind of say to Laura, like, if we're not growing, we're dying. Like, I always want to try to grow our business so that way we can maintain um, healthy revenues and we're always bringing in new clients. So if we don't expand, I think we'd be more in a survival mode. And I, I would prefer... And just for the quality of our, of our customers that are existing, I think it will be necessary for us to utilize more square footage just, just because the way it is now. And I'm not sure how much of a problem this is for, for other gyms, but it just seems like space makes a huge difference. Like adding square footage is absolutely huge because you're not, you're like quality wise, you're not cramped together, like, you know, working out and then quantity wise, you can actually take more clients on. At, at uh, the same time, which leads to more revenue. In a safe manner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a safe manner. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, what other, um, what other revenue generating strategies have you and Kevin either done or are considering doing? Where are you guys at on like prioritizing that and strategies that you're using? <laughs> Sorry, Kevin, say, yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> our biggest thing is... Uh, our social media it's crazy like we're also from a small town so we can't really relate to like a bigger city gym um because like we're such a small area that if somebody comes to valley apex it's like okay my best friend's going to valley apex i want to come to valley apex 
Right. Um, social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook are huge for us. Gotcha. So our biggest thing is just like continuing to grow those streams. Um, cause everyone's like, Oh, I saw you guys on TikTok. Oh, I saw you guys on wherever. And it just, it gets, it got our, it got the word out and it, it continues. We also train a hockey team. So we've got a lot of like youngsters through there. Yeah. Like yeah. guys from all over, like all over like the States and Canada and stuff come. So yeah, that, so, that's like our biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the result from that, I always like to look at like why we're doing something right. So why you guys think that that's critical is because it'll help build the clientele, get more consistent people coming through the door. Because like you said, right now, there's almost this unpredictable nature amongst our business. But if we can create some predictability from what we're doing, our our sales, our acquisition process, our marketing process, if we can start generating consistently people coming to us, then we'll be able to build predictable nature within our business, start making some accurate decisions today for the business. So can you take me through like the quantified data of what you're doing regarding social media and like the results that you're seeing from that? Uh, So the biggest thing, I'm not like a photographer or anything, uh, but I have like, I can take really nice pictures. That's the biggest thing. Like, so um, one of our biggest things that we kind of have been working with a little bit, especially this summer was Gong Show, like a hockey apparel company. Uh, they've been, they send us apparel and, and then, or hats, they just sent us hats and then take pictures. And then they post us on their social media. We're taking pictures for them here at our gym on our hockey players. So, uh, Instagram is huge for like our younger population. So what we see on like there is crazy. And then people just sharing their stories um tiktok is like we have we're not as great with that it's a little bit more complicated for i don't know i'm like 28 i'm not i find like the 16 year old like yeah let's tiktok and i'm like i don't know how to post a video on tiktok very well and then facebook is our older our older crew like so like our age and like older it's so it's kind of like the demographics we're hitting on each platform is super important because like okay, the parents will see, or they will see it on Facebook. The kid will see it on Instagram. And then it's like, kind of collides that way. Right. There's this, there's this network that's happening, right? But it's all happening organically. So you don't necessarily control or know where these things are coming from or where they're going. And so there, have you guys ever felt like a negative impact regarding social media to where you feel like, maybe the person that's contacting you isn't necessarily a great fit for what you guys do because they don't necessarily understand what it is that you provide. Yeah, we get that a lot. And I actually uh, get that a lot, like in public, I find Um, like, not like, like I said, small town. So people kind of know who we are. And then it's like, people can't not talk to them about us. Mm -hmm. And all the time we get that people are just like, they want like the next best, the quickest thing. And I'm like, no, we are in this to make people healthier. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And have like people change their lifestyle. We're not in it to like you on a shake diet and then lose all the weight. So yeah, we get that more in public actually than we do online. The odd time we'll get them like a message, but most people who are messaging us are like, they're ready. If they're sending us a message, they're ready. I got it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, it's difficult when you get the people that are coming to you who don't necessarily know what you guys do and that's because you guys are a little bit more niche 
than typical CrossFit gyms where you offer like these specific things, right? And so getting the messaging clear and not only clear messaging, but also um, getting the message to come in front of people that are looking for that one thing specifically could kind of kind of weed out those guys who don't want you and then yeah. bring in the people that do want you. So now your time and your effectiveness is a little bit more, you know, at a premium high level. Yeah. Um, would you guys think that like, have you guys ever looked into like systematizing your guys' social or, or public approach to where that message is, is targeting that specific person that is actually seeking the services that you provide? Uh, I have a lot of our ads we post are, are more targeted. Um, yeah, I haven't really gone too far into that. Like I find we do, our, our Instagram does quite well, but I found I haven't had to do that very well. Um, and like I said, like if somebody shows up and they'll show up one time and they'll be like, yeah, I know this wasn't for me. Cause it's like, you know, I like our, our members are like in it for the long run. So like we focus on people who are going to be there with us for like a long, long time, not people who are going to be there and gone in a month. You know what I mean? So right, exactly. Yeah. Um, just, uh, I know I'm not supposed to answer <laughs> both <laughs> questions here, but uh, just, just to add to that, I think, I think when you start a gym too, more people are concerned about, Oh, well, what happens if I'm not going to get enough business? And I felt throughout the entire process of our business, it's been the opposite. We've had, we've been unable to help as many people as we get requests. So marketing in our maybe unique standpoint hasn't been too much of an issue because it seems, it seems like we, we have too many people and too much inbound um, to actually, we, we can't provide enough service for it. And I know it's a good problem to have, but it, I mean, it's still a problem because we, we weren't prepared for this level of, um, this level of inbound messages and, and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's just, uh, that can be a problem too, for anyone starting a gym and, <laughs> and you better be ready to kind of anticipate that. Cause then you want to do all of it. You want to do it all. <laughs> You're like, okay, <laughs> let's get all of it going and you can't do that. Right. At least for right now, not even because you guys couldn't absorb that, but just because the rules and regulations and limitations right now on you won't allow for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we, we, I'm assuming that you guys would want to remain cognitive about if you do take something on, we want to ensure that the quality of the product, the service to the um, existing clientele doesn't really take a hit or it goes down as well. So can you kind of take us through that sales process then that you have regarding onboarding new clients that you get? Um, yeah. So, so basically um, our system is we will run, Facebook ads and sometimes sometimes uh, our clients are actually just referrals from other members that we have and we have some really good clientele that actually bring in a lot of other people that uh, that usually give it a try. Um, we also offer a free trial class uh, and you can can sign up for it on our website and that uh, makes it really easy for people to make the decision just to give it a shot. And I found the free trial has really helped the CrossFit community yeah. uh, get started. And then we run an introduction to CrossFit class. So that kind of uh, brings in clients that are general population that may not have done CrossFit before, but, uh, but are interested in doing so. And the same process kind of happens with our, with our youth minor hockey stuff, but it's, it's a little bit more, 
I find it's a little bit more busy to the point where we don't really offer free trials, but we, uh, we get a lot of referrals and we kind of onboard them the same way through a Facebook ad. And then they click on the link, they sign up, they contact us. And then, uh, and then we just kind of go from there. Gotcha. Laura, you kind of described something that I think is critical for any business and that's, we're not interested in the person that's going to come in for like a month or two months and then leave, right? That's kind of a waste of your guys' resources and time and also for the business. And so creating a more high valued client, lifelong client is critical for you guys. So did you say that because you feel concerned about your business's ability to do this currently or what are the numbers showing in this regard? No, uh, I I was a coach at a gym before and even when we first opened and it was just horrible trying to run things where people are in and out like here and gone in like a month it was just so unorganized so like you had no idea month to month what you were going to be like you I couldn't predict anything because it was like oh is this person going to come back tomorrow like who knows like so where with the approach we have now we know month to month generally we're going to be hitting the same numbers and if we get more people it's higher if we we might lose the odd person more or less because we're in like a military area so they're like posted or like their spouse is posted so that's so like here and there we'll lose the odd one but we continue to grow that it's not even a concern anymore where it used to be like okay like what are we going to be hitting next month we have no idea because people were just so flaky gotcha and why were they flaky those are the people who want like the quick fixes who want like to come into the gym and be able to do like 10 pull-ups and like tomorrow, like yesterday, they want to do it. You know what I mean? So those are the people who aren't actually into changing their lifestyle where like, I'm about like actually wanting to change your lifestyle, mm-hmm. becoming healthier, not just like wanting to lose 20 pounds today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's possible, right? <laughs> yeah. But some people don't think it is. <laughs> and those okay. are the people who give up. So. So are you saying that, um, are you saying that some people are, are you not able to take people on? Like if they, if they contact you and they want to come into the gym, say like today or tomorrow, you're not really able to do that because the current circumstances of the business. Uh, we do. So we do a lot of drop-ins and then with CrossFit, like uh, most CrossFit affiliates, we just get people traveling as well. So they can come and they can buy like a drop-in class or like a punch card amount of classes. We do have like open gym times too. So people like traveling or just around who want to just come work out on their own. We do do that as well. Um, Not as much of that. I prefer the more class setting. Like both of us do more class settings. It's just more organized. And then we can, we're there to monitor all that. So. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, I feel like the primary uh, the primary objective for you guys right now is generating some more revenue, some more profit for the business. So really that expansion can come into place, right? Even with the current limitations here. So how come you guys have not been able to do that yet? Is it due to lack of capital or is it due to lack of supply of space? Lack of supply of space. Um, in our community, there's really not a whole lot of commercial real estate that's available for us to to find at a decent you know, you know, at the price that we would, we would prefer. Um, actually before this, before COVID happened, before March, 2020, we were actually in the process of purchasing, um, a mechanics garage and that had 
twice, a little over, uh, a little over double the amount of square footage that we had now. But just because of the circumstances of the unpredictability of what happened, we didn't end up pulling trigger on that um, on that uh, commercial space. So we're kind of happy now because yeah, I mean it's still very unpredictable on what's going to happen. It's we have a bright outlook in the in the near future, but we still kind of want to stay conservative in a sense because we've said that before um, with with Ontario's approach. It's been very wishy washy. Gotcha. Okay. So. To kind of wrap up the show then, can you just describe to our audience like what the immediate goals are for the business moving forward and what you guys are hoping to accomplish, let's say for the rest of 2021 and beyond. And mind you, I know that might be a difficult conversation or a difficult question to answer because, you know, we got this big thing hanging over our head. So sometimes it's hard to make decisions as we've previously communicated. Yeah, our, our biggest goal is to hopefully have a space by next June, July. Um, that's just like the time frame that we've kind of given ourselves. And then just in talks with like some like space that could be available by then, that's what we're aiming for. Like after winter hits and everything, um, that's like our immediate goal is to expand. Like we need the more, we need more square footage. Um, yeah, and Kevin's, Kevin's main goal right now is just a lot of on ice hockey development. Yeah, like we were saying that the expanding the business almost within the business of yeah. offering an entirely different service has been my main focus and it's kind of like part of the human condition only focus on really one thing at a time to kind of make it um make it as uh, with as much progress as fast as possible so that's kind of been my main thing for the past few months now uh, is just expanding the skill development option for our clients and it's been going really well and I think once we once we expand that to a point that we will, where we are comfortable with it, I think we'd be very easily able to expand. Yeah. Um, yeah. The development of services is, is critical. Sometimes it can show itself to be a challenge, but an opportunity nonetheless. Right. And the eventual idea there is just creating a more high valued client because they're opting into a multitude of different services with you guys, right? So have you guys found the development of services and the implementation of services after that that come with these offers that might be difficult to absorb for your clients, but also might be attractive to your clients? Like, have you guys found challenges in this area or do you like how that is continuing to develop? Um, I, overall, I think it's, it's mainly positive. We've had really a really good response from our community because you have the same some of the same coaches off the ice that you're already comfortable with on the ice. And sometimes those things correlate. So you can see some of the problems that they have in the gym are happening on the ice or in their skill development. Um, and then you're, and like I said, you're just comfortable with those coaches. So overall, I think it's a more positive and attractive option for, uh, for our players, just, just in the sense that uh, it's more comfortable and in the sense that it's very convenient for them to do so. And it's, um, and we've hit a niche market. Yeah, yeah. We're like the only ones who do this stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, like a facility. People do it out of their house and stuff, but nobody has like an actual facility. Yeah, and they do it as side side hustles as opposed to their full-time um, incomes. Yeah, that's kind of nice regarding, you know, the competitive landscape of things. When there's no run, no one really out there that meets the service that you provide, it means that naturally and organically, you can just get people coming to you if they know that you provide that service. Yeah. Um, 
That's wonderful, guys. I really appreciate really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, you can find us at Valley Apex Training Grounds on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, all three of them. Or we have a website, uh, valleyapex.com. Yeah. So valleyapex.com or Valley Apex Training Grounds? Yeah, on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. Roger. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Kevin, for being on the show. Gym Lord Nation, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Gym Lord's podcast. If you like what we had to say today, please don't forget, smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode. Until then, take care, and we will see you next time. Gym Lords, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.